Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have a, a guest from all the way across the world, the other side of the planet, Cody Singer. He is the founder of Singer Architecture. He started his career working in manufacturing for a panelized housing company, but after realizing that the job wasn't what he had been sold on, he left and on a whim started his own business with no business plan, no marketing plan, and most notably, no clients. Cody, welcome to the show. Cheers. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, so why don't you kind of kick us off with starting t- telling, telling us a little bit about your experience coming out of architecture school, going into the pan- that panelized company, and then maybe where your entrepreneurial spirit comes from. Uh, yeah, so I finished up studying, um, as we all do, and got a job um, <clears throat> doing yeah, shop drawings for a panelized housing company. And had a great time there. Spent about four years or so doing that. Kind of, um, uh, yeah, doing everything from small residential to a lot of um, big townhouse developments with uh, with that panelized product. And then after that, I kind of decided that I really wanted to move into a true architectural field. So I, I, I left and went to another job um, that I was... That I, in the interview, I was told I was going to be this great designer and we we're going to do all this awesome stuff and yada, yada, yada. And I, so I pack up my things and I leave and I go to this job and then wasn't very long I was there and I realized, hang on a minute, I'm not doing anything I've been sold on. And uh, I was being asked to make a lot of shortcuts and do stuff I just wasn't comfortable doing. So I thought, you know, before this destroys my soul, I got to get out. So uh, I handed in my notice and I walked out the gate and I thought, great, I don't have to do that anymore, but what am I going to do to pay the bills? Because I've got nothing planned. Uh, so on a whim, I, as, a, as you kind of alluded to, I just started a business and it, uh, I, thought, well, I thought, what can I do? I can draw houses. Okay, let's do that. So I started a business and as you kind of said, I had no business plan, no marketing, no clients, but I thought, oh, well, you know, it'll either go wrong or it'll go right. Like that's the only thing it's going to do. And, and luckily it, it worked out. I picked up a few people that I worked with previously in other jobs and then a developer come along and said, I've got two townhouses. Can you do them? And I did them. I undercut myself massively, <laughs> as you all do when you start out, I think. Um, and then it just kind of went from there. And I, you know, in the first couple of years, I was pretty bad at pricing and I was pretty uh, bad at keeping track of my time. And I just kind of, as long as I invoiced every you know month or so and people paid me, I thought, this is going great. But yeah, kind of now I look back on that and I think, Gosh, <laughs> the amount of time I spent doing stuff but not getting paid for is, is shocking to think about. How does it work? In, you're in New Zealand, uh, for everybody who yeah. can't tell from his wonderful accent, that how does it work for licensure and everything? Or, or is it kind of like in the States where you can do residential and you don't have to be licensed? Um, do you have that hurdle to deal with at all? Uh, yep. No, we have to be licensed to do everything here. Um, so we have to be a licensed building practitioner. 
um, and you either are a licensed building practitioner in design or you might be a licensed building practitioner in carpentry and they're all different sections that you can work within. Um, so when I started out, I wasn't a licensed building practitioner, but I would, I had a really good relationship with another designer and um, he was older, he would be in his 60s or 70s. And I said, you know, will you supervise my work um, to help me get the amount of work I need so that I can get licensed and uh, we came to an arrangement and that that's that's completely legal to do that mm -hmm. um, so he would supervise my work um, you know give anything that he wasn't happy with I'd fix it and then he would sign my work off and now now I'm licensed um, I've been licensed for a couple of years now where did so, you get where did you get your entrepreneurial you know a lot of people are they get really the only time they ever start a business is if they maybe push comes to shove or or some people just grow up and they just wanted they wanted to do it forever or, or it's a family tradition that they you know you start different businesses or you inherit one where where are you to land on that spectrum was it a push to shove sort of thing it was a little bit of, a, of that because obviously i had no option i could have gone and got a job i'm sure you know that you get a job in, uh, i could have got a job but um I just thought, pff, why not? Young, no family, no mortgage. You know, if it goes really bad and, you know, I end up living in my parents' basement type deal, then so be it. But if it goes great, it'll, it's, you know, it's fine. Um, but it was, it was also a little bit of, I just, I always wanted to do stuff my own way. And I didn't really like being told how to do things and not do them properly. I really don't like doing stuff um, half as good as it should be just to get something finished quick. And uh, even today, I'm still like that and explain to my clients that it's like that. You know, we either do things the right way or we don't do them at all. And that, that's it. How did, how did you manage to, what do you do now that, that righted the wrongs of the past? And you mentioned some of them before, and one of them was, you know, time management and tracking the time, invoicing, just basic business stuff. And I actually don't fault yes. people for knowing how to do that right away, but how, how have you corrected that since then? Um, a lot of learning. So I spent a lot of my own time uh, watching YouTube videos or reading books or a blog or, you know, listening to podcasts such as your guys' one. And those little bits and pieces, and then I'd, you know, dig through the internet to find the tool I needed to make my job easier. Because I don't want to be, I'm not an accountant, <laughs> I'm not a business manager or anything like, well, I suppose I kind of add in a way, but it's not my field of expertise. So I definitely use technology wherever I can to make that easy for myself. So... I don't want to be writing on a piece of paper every 15 minutes what I was doing, so I'll use a piece of software to do it. I don't want to be writing out invoices, so I'll use a piece of software to do it. And uh, it's just about, there's only me, uh, so I had to make everything I was doing as, as efficient as I could so I could still draw a house and make a living because nobody makes a living off tracking their own time and <laughs> writing an invoice. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. What, what are some of those pieces of software that you like? Uh, so I use uh, the couple that I really can't do without is uh, Toggle for timing mm. myself. You know, it's so easy. Click it on, click it off, and it just tracks everything and produces a report. And then, you know, I can use that for whatever I want. Um, and then other bits pieces like Google Drive and just the whole kind of Google suite of tools really to help you. Um, and then 
what was the, I do use a piece of accounting software. I have an accountant to do some of my stuff because I'm, I'm not an expert in tax law and all that kind of jazz. Um, but yeah, those are probably the main ones that really help me uh, be as efficient as I can, along with obviously a CAD package. Yeah. yeah. Going from where you started, you started with the panelized company, didn't like it and did you started doing your own thing. And then now I understand yep. you, you've been pulled back into that. So what's, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yep. So uh, about three years ago, the draftsman that was doing all what I was doing um, was going on a holiday um, and they said, Oh, look, can you come back? Cause I had a really good relationship with them when I left um, and would help them out from time to time. So they said, could you come back and do a couple of bits and pieces while he's on holiday? Um, and I said, yeah, not a problem at all. So I did that. And then they kind of said, Hmm, could you stay on a little bit longer and help us with, uh, kind of promoting the product to other architectural firms? So I said, Oh yeah, I suppose I could do that as well. So I'm kind of sitting in that architectural rep consultant. I don't really know what you call it, but I get to on a day to day basis, I get to interact with a ton of other firms, um, and educate them on that product and that system. Um, and I get to help them uh, in, in, in their business, I get to help them design and detail using the product, um, which has been a really cool thing to do because then I get to have a look inside tons of other firms and how they operate and how they draw and how they detail and all their little systems, um, which is great to just keep in the memory bank of, Oh yeah, that's right. That's how that massive firm here in New Zealand does this, um, without kind of ripping them off, ripping them off again. Yeah, 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 no, totally. We all, we all yeah. end up. No matter what, there's going to be some bleeding in you know between companies yeah. and, and what you do and figure out and all that. Uh, what is it like then now running a full time practice while doing this kind of role? How do you manage all of that together? Is it overwhelming? Uh, sometimes because I'm very bad at saying no. Um, I. I have that incessant need, I feel like, to help everyone. So if someone says, oh, I need to, you know, I really want to move a staircase or I really want to do that, yeah, sure, I can do that. Mm. And then I have to think, no, you can't because you've got so much other work you can't take on anymore at the moment. But um, it's hard. It's definitely hard. And it's I have to manage my own time very well. So um, I'm definitely an early riser. So I'll get up at five in the morning and I'll work until whatever time we have to leave and go to the office come home and I'll work again until whatever time I decide that, you know, you need to go to sleep so you can get up at five o'clock the next day. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of difficult, but uh, um, I probably wouldn't have it any other way at the moment. I definitely don't want to be doing that for the rest of my life. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the, when you got on camera here and nobody can see us, but also I'll, I'll describe it. Cody looks a lot like me in the sense that we look very young. Uh, I still yeah. get people, you know, I'm 37 and people, I, I every once in a while somebody will somehow an age comment will come up and I'll be like, I'll just ask them flat out. They're usually a stranger. I'm like, what do you think? I, how old do you think I am? Um, and they will always guess under 30. So yeah. what it, we, we've had the same problem you've had. And I, so I really like that you brought this point up um, kind of when we start talking about this discussions or topics to bring up. And that is how do we, how do you take, how do you, how do you leverage yourself to be taken seriously and respected while being young and obviously looking as young as, as we do? It's, it's been a challenge and I've had a couple of projects where it's been a real challenge. Um, because often, uh, Especially if it's if it's just myself, you get and I find if it's the wrong clients and the wrong project, 
it really it's really obvious that they won't take you seriously you know they, they feel like why is this 18 year old uh in charge of my house and, and i'm definitely not 18 but um yeah i was gonna say i was, I was gonna ask you okay what are you how old are you then uh i'm 28 okay moment. yeah 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 so uh but yeah it's, it's it's hard and i had a couple of projects when i first started out that went bad um not as in uh you know they were badly drawn or anything but the relationships broke down um and the reason was is is exactly that um the project manager wanted um xyz and what had to be delivered you know what had to be structurally sound and what was passed uh, part of the building code was was a whole nother issue but because he didn't really trust me uh based on kind of that age and experience we clashed and that that really broke down and ever since that project i've really um tried to weed out that sort of client when they come in you get a bit of a feel for them the way they kind of interact with you or the way they talk and if it's that we'll just i'll just be quite clear and say i don't think we're going to be a good fit or mm. or you know we we can't accommodate your needs so and we we you know get past that project off um but I've, had, I've got another couple of clients and I've got one you know, building company I work with um, on architectural work that are great. Roughly the same age, you know, and uh, they are awesome to deal with. Um, they have no issues around age. And I've got some other people that are clients that are, you know, probably in their 70s and they have no issues with age either. They'll, they'll put full trust in you because they believe, you know, you're the expert and it doesn't matter what age you are. Yeah, I think some people, yeah, has anybody flat out blatantly said, made a comment about your age or anything like yep. that? Oh, really? Yeah, so, yep. so, so that one project that went bad with the project manager, mm -hmm. um, he flat out said, you know, basically, you're too young to know what you're talking about. Mm. Um, you need to just draw what I tell you. Mm. Yeah. That, well, was one of those, that was one of those moments I, I thought, Okay, <laughs> we need to get out of this project. Yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent for sure. You know, I, I, for everybody, for everybody out there listening to, I think one thing that I have found um, to be very, a positive thing about being about looking young or, be, or being, in, you know, starting a, a firm as young as, as you as you are, and, and we did too at about twenty five, is that some people actually really want it. Some people want a fresh idea because because you got to think about the opposite side of the spectrum. So, and this is just me being flat, honest and real about it, is that some people look at the older fellas or, or fella or, or, or gals and they say like, I'm tired of that, you know, cranky architect, engineer, whatever, um, contractor, doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I mm -hmm. like to, I like to always, you know, to reinforce that idea that like it goes both ways. This isn't just a one-sided yep. sort of thing. Um, I'm fascinated. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm fascinated by the, you know, that you're in New Zealand and I've never been there. I want to go one day. <clears throat> What is the building industry like there right now, considering COVID, and how have you guys been dealing with all of that? Uh, well, I mean, as a country, um, we seem to have dealt with it <clears throat> fairly well. Uh, we yeah. have you know, no cases at all currently in the country that are uh, in the community. We have what cases we do have are managed isolation. Um, so in that regard, you know, we are completely, so we had a, Oh, was it a couple months ago? We had a full countrywide lockdown. No one kind of left their house. None of that, you know, everything. And that went on for about six weeks. 
then we come out of it a little bit and then uh, we had uh, about a month or so ago we had basically our prime minister decide you know said that we could open up again and yeah we're completely back to normal now um, me personally I didn't see any dip in work I had one project that cancelled on me um, and that was going to be a significant project so that was a bit of a bit of a downturn or, you know a bit of a issue but uh, the lady who was the client she said you know she's lost her job and she can't afford to do it and I said you know what that's absolutely fine I understand you know I'm not gonna um, not gonna you know make you do it of course right yeah um, and, and she said you know just invoice me for the time that we've spent on it and I said you know what I haven't spent enough time to uh, really invoice you, so just just take it as a win. You know, use whatever money we would have spent on it to make sure you get yourself set up. So that project, you know, it might come back on stream in a couple of years' time, but who knows? But other than that, uh, the thing we have I have noticed is a big uptake in renovation work. Mm-hmm. People aren't so keen on doing the new build; they'll renovate, and I've got more renovation work now than I ever. I've ever had on, and I used to hate renovation work, but a couple of years ago, I thought, oh, I should get into that, and I'm glad I did now. Definitely, yeah. I mean, you're a listener of the podcast, so you know know, as many tentacles as you can have out, even if you're a one-person shop, super helpful. Um, But talk a little bit more, beyond beyond COVID, about the building industry in New Zealand, you know, positives, negatives, things that you'd like to see, you know, maybe, because maybe somebody over here in the States or anywhere else, we have listeners all over the world, they could take some positive things that you guys are doing that you think you guys are doing well and maybe learn from the things, some of the things you guys are doing negatively. Yeah, uh, our building industry in New Zealand is about oh, 30, 40, 50 years behind where it should be probably. Um, you know, we have a good uh, group of people in New Zealand that are very passionate about seeing our building code improve and become what it should be. Um, but the wheels of change move very slowly. Mm. Uh, so often you'll find that um, this group of, you know, uh, designers, architects, builders, contractors, uh, engineers, uh, they basically just kind of take it in their own hands and they'll design a better building and they'll build that building. Um, whether it be a high-performance building or a passive house or whatever it is, they'll just, they'll just do that um, because... That's what should be done. Uh, but as our minimum code, which a lot of um, the group home builders I get, uh, I guess, are building to, is very poor quality buildings. You know, there are uh, thermal bridges everywhere. It's like minimum insulation requirements. And we don't have a, a necessarily a very cold climate. You know, we, where I live, we don't even get snow at all. Um, we have to drive half the length of the country if we want to go and see snow. Um, so, but we do have a heating climate. You know, we've got to heat our buildings more than we have to cool them. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be very uncommon to find a building in New Zealand with like serious air conditioning in them. Um, but we, you know, most and most people underheat their buildings. They don't heat them enough, so you end up with high humidity in th- inside the buildings and you end up with cold climates inside the buildings and yeah it's you know we have, we have a couple of things that we i would really love to see improved um and our ministry of building and innovation has just released a statement saying they are looking to improve the building code um over 
I can't even remember, it was like next five or 10 years. And, and hopefully it improves where it's a, a decent standard, but I'm not sure. I, I wouldn't want to hold my breath on it. I know, I'll only speak for myself here, but as an American, as an American, I'm going, wow, that sounds like, it sounds a little bit more loosely regulated. So I like that. I like hearing that because we are so regulated, especially in Boulder County to the point mm-hmm. where, uh, to the point where we have, we are forced to put solar panels on our house. We are forced to actually put a sprinkler system in the house. So that's kind of, I, I, I mean, and so it kind of begs the question to you then is why are people doing it voluntarily? Why aren't they like, are there builders actually going above and beyond and then they can, they charge a more a premium for that product or not? Um, yeah, there are, there are. So the, there's one, the, the one building firm I work with, um, they often build houses that are, you know, not cheap and, uh, are above code. But, um, if you, I think here in New Zealand we also have a we have a housing shortage, so we have um, we have Kiwi Build and all these kind of schemes that are building houses for the masses, um, and they they have to be built for a price like X number of dollars. They cannot be sold for any more than that. So the developer wants to build for Y number of dollars so he can make a profit, which is fair enough. Um, but then it just doesn't lend itself very well to building above above the code. Um, and also I think, yeah, you, you compete with these group home builders that are building for absolute bottom dollar. Um, and you know, it's hard to try and try to, to get the New Zealand mindset to think I would rather have, uh, good insulation and firmly broken windows than I would rather have a granite countertop. We're very, which is a hard thing. They, you know, if if the if New Zealand mindset can't see it and it can't like touch it, they're not really interested in it. So, yeah, it's hard in that regard. Yeah, that's interesting because a free market advocate would say, and I'm one of them, would say, well, you know, that you could just let the market decide, and you could build a crappy house to the minimums that you're talking about, or you could build a premium house, and maybe you know the market should decide if. The crappy house is better, the but based on just profit and, and uh, you know which one's in more demand. Um, it's mm. interesting. So, so is it is there local initiatives then that people are trying to do, or do you think it's coming from the federal level? And what I mean federal, just you know, the highest level of your government. I, I don't know how it's structured there exactly to try to make these codes more. Is it, are they just behind? Like, are they twenty two thousand six IECC or something like that? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, that, that we so we have a national building code that is across our entire country, um, and then when you submit for your building consent, it goes to your local council, which is in theory working off the same building code. Um, so yes, our building code is um, prescribed on a government level, uh, and yeah, it's twenty thirty ish years too old possibly more. <laughs> That's probably 40, 50 years too old to where it should be today. Um, so yeah, Ho- hopefully that, that will change. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, cool, man. I, I always ask everybody this question, um, knowing what you know now, if you could go back in time, if you go back when Cody first started the project, what kind of advice would you give yourself? Um, I would probably say to myself to, uh, just do it sooner. 
I wouldn't have waited as long as I did to go out on my own, even though I had no plan when I did it, I would still do it again and I would just do it sooner because I'd be a little bit further down the road now and I'm, you know, you, you can't really predict the future as such. So yeah, just give it a shot, jump in the deep end and learn to swim while you think. I love it. If people are planning on moving to New Zealand or they're in New Zealand, they're listening to this, how do they, how do they find you? How do they follow you um, specifically your company? Um, you can go to Facebook. Um, we've actually just changed the company name. So if you go to Facebook or Instagram and you search uh, for 5am design studio, you'll find me. Um, and I haven't finished a website as of yet, even though I should have, but uh, yeah, that'll be around at some point. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on to the show today, Cody. It was a pleasure talking to you all the way across the other side of the world. Not a problem. Thanks very much. That was fun, buddy. Um, I think there are, there's one episode in front of you. And so you won't be this Monday, but I think you'll be the Monday after that. Um, and then I will try to, we've LinkedIn, right? That's how we connected. Yeah. yeah perfect. Great. Okay. I will tag you on LinkedIn. You'll see it. So if you would, if you would share the episode wherever you, wherever you want, that'd be, that'd be cool. Will do. Definitely. Okay. Have a good one, buddy. Great. Great. Cool. Great, great having you on. All right. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers.